This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, welcome to another edition of Aile Le Rouge for the Liverpool Echo for Blood Red. And I'm delighted to be joined tonight uh, by John Coleman, the Accrington Stanley manager, and Terry McPhillips, the Blackpool FC manager. Making your debut, are you, Terry? Is this your debut? I can't remember. This is my debut, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well done for finding the Echo location. <laughs> In the end. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've given the uh, the regular guests from the uh, Allée Le Rouge, uh, we've sent them off for some warm weather training. I think that's the sense of happen nowadays. Um, so, John, in terms of uh, the Brighton game, did you, were you able to watch some of the Brighton? Yeah, I've seen, seen the highlights and, you know, it was a game that I was feeling, you know, on the back of two defeats, everyone's saying, all, you know, the crumbles on. Yeah. Um, you know, and going there with such a makeshift defence and, you know, getting an injury and, you know, carrying on with that injury as well. Um, it was a sappy game and and these are the games that we wouldn't have won in the past. Yeah. You know, we, yeah. we'd have found a way to draw or lose it. Um, but when you see the game and when I see the highlights pan out, um, very, very untroubled, yeah. very comfortable. Yeah. You know, deservedly got the penalty and could have had three or four. And, yeah. you know, we're not at the stage, you know, you'll you'll have known it yourself where we're winning 1-0 and you're hanging on. You know, we actually, we had a game at the time, so you know, I only found out the score yeah. at the end. But the times when we've gone 1-0 and you're never, ever sure. But yeah. I think no, them days are gone felt, now. I never felt as if Brighton were going to score. Yeah, but... I think it was the first time in, you were saying the stat before, weren't you? yeah. It's the first know, time in many months they hadn't scored. It yeah, it was ten months that they've, they've always scored at home. So, you know, and and to be as comfortable as what they were, and you know, I don't think they had a real shot on target. Did they have any any description? So, no, not really. You know, if you can, if your defence can play up to that standard, you know, you've got a you've got a chance of winning games. And you know, everyone's our attacks being much loaded, but the cornerstone of our title challenge this year is certainly defensively. Yeah, yeah. Terry, was in terms of uh, the Brighton games, did you see that as a bit of a banana skin? Or? Yeah, well, on the back of the two defeats um, and Brighton Brighton doing so well at home, um, it was going to be tough. Yeah. But, but Liverpool have improved in, in the goalkeeping area and the centre-half area and it's made a hell of a difference. Yeah, I think in terms of, you know, the way, um, the way Van Dijk marshals the defence, you can see that, you know, all, you know, all through the match, He's just organising, but we were talking also about Alisson, you know, and you, you've got Alisson and Van Dijk. Alisson brings a certain calmness to the defence. Yeah, I think that can't be underestimated, you know, both of them, to be fair. And, you know, at sometimes watching Liverpool, you know, you've watched them for years like I have, and yeah. some of the times, and, you know, we, we were used to them winning leagues and, and having comfortable defences yeah. and comfortable goalkeepers and, and then we've seen somewhat a, a lot of chaos yeah. <laughs> go on, especially from set plays. Um, so Com- to, comedy capers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Keystone Cops. But, you know, to have that calmness again and, and a belief yeah. that, that you're going you're gonna to see things out, you're going to defend out, you're not going to do it all the while. You're going to get, you know, you're going to concede goals. You can't go all season without conceding goals. But I think the fact that, I think they've got the record of limited, limited amount of shots on our goal. And so yeah. if you can keep the shots down on your goal, obviously you're going to keep the, the goals down, but we don't seem to be panicking anymore. We seem to know what we're doing, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah. There's a calmness. Yeah. The yeah. Well, yeah. I think the goalkeeper has to take a lot of credit for that. You know, I still think he lets too much come off him. Um, but, you know, the calmness that he's brought, he's worth his weight. what you mean? Spills the ball? Yeah, I don't think he keeps hold of the ball as much as what he should. Um, you know, and if we look at the Man City goal, the Aguero goal, if that was being carrier or, or Mignolet, they'd been castigated for letting him in yeah, his near post. People blame Lovren for that, weren't Yeah, well, and, and rightly so, really. You know, he should, he should get a block in, you know. He, he's a little bit flat-footed. Um, and he, and he, he should really throw himself. And, you know, you could argue that since Alexander-Arnold could make more of an effort to, to block the second yeah. goal. Um but you know, if you just look at his whole overall persona and what he's brought to the defence, there's a belief. You know, when the ball goes back to him, you're not panicking. Um, and you know, I don't think since Pepe Reina with his feet, we've had someone of that ilk. Yeah. On the floor. Well, Reina um, was pretty good on the floor. Yeah, but that's the same. I don't think we've had as good a keeper with his feet as Reina because Reina yeah. was very good with his feet. 
Um, you know, it's just towards the back, the back end of his, of his time at Liverpool, he sort of blotted his copy. He wouldn't come off his line. Um, but, you know, I, I think, I think Alisson will get better. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly do. I think he, I think he'll only improve. And, and when he does improve, he'll have some keeper. Yeah, Teddy, you've just had a magnificent result against top at the table, Portsmouth. Yeah, Blackpool won one nil last Saturday, didn't he? Yes. It's all about defence, was it? Um, they never threatened our goal at all in the first half, you know, which was surprising because yeah. obviously the top of the league, you know, for a reason, four points clear. If they'd have beat us, they'd have been seven points clear. Um, and they were obviously expected to beat us, but um, didn't threaten the goal at all first half. And then, um, so we had more chances than them. And then second half, we scored. Yeah. And then they, they throw the kitchen sink at you like they're going to, but again, without really threatening the goal. Yeah. You yeah, know, more yeah. more crosses and the goalkeeper coming to take some and punch some. Yeah. So, you know, that, that victory is based on defence. You think, you see Liverpool's season this season, you know, it's we haven't got at the swashbuckling attack of you know, maybe scoring three or four or five goals, but we've got that solid defence. Is that, have you seen, you know, the way Klopp's engineered that? I mean, as, as a manager... Have you seen that? You know? Well, the, the goals against Column, you know, is the best it's ever it's been. Everything. So, you know, the goalkeeper in the centre-half have made a huge difference and brought the best out of the others. Yeah. And uh, hence, you know, they can go to Brighton and win 1-0 comfortably. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think most really good teams are, are built from the back, aren't they? And, um, and that gives Liverpool a great chance now. Yeah. I used to play for Liverpool as an apprentice, didn't you? I was, I was. And the goalkeeper then was Bruce Grobbler. Bruce Grobbler, yeah, yeah. And we did everyone look to Bruce and think uh, he, he drops a few, or everyone thinking you know he was quality. Player. I think it's similar. They had a um, they had a respect for him yeah. and a belief in him differently, obviously, to Alisson because they knew that um, Brucey was going to come and take the lot always. And often, you know, they would defend the line when he come for the cross, and and yeah, he, he would spill some because you do. Um, but they would be reactive he must have to that. Against him, um, Melwood. I mean, what was he like as a keeper? Was he? Yeah, he was brilliant, money. He? he was yeah. a hell of a keeper. Um, you know the saves he made and um, his personality, if you like, bonkers. And um, <laughs> and you just knew he was coming. You know, it was no, it was not black and white. It was he's coming, and that's that. Yeah, yeah. And um, and as I say, they all reacted off that. Defended the line and, and defended, the, you know, the spill. If he spilled it, they were there to clear it. So I'm saying when he did spill it, there wasn't that many goals scored. You know, so it was a, it was a different type of the goalkeeping, but it was, um, you know, it was effective. Yeah, we've had, you know, we've had a, uh, an array of goalkeepers over the years. Obviously, we, you know, Carius was <coughs> much castigated. Mingale wasn't many uh, in the Mingale fan club, was there, John? But I mean, in terms of, do you think, He's the best goalkeeper since Grobble or, or even Clemens. What you're seeing at the moment. I'd like to see him over a period of time, a couple of yeah. years, but I've never seen anyone have as much of an impact um in the calmness of the defence. Yeah. Um, which, you know, that that's got a bold well. You know, it was interesting to say, you know, is it built on defence and you know our, our swashbuckle and attacker last year? And we had a we had a little bit of a spell in the Zolzums this season. You know, we were losing away in the Champions League and, and, and yeah. not looking particularly effervescent or look quite flat. And we were talking about it before when we, you know, it was as if that Origi goal just flicked a switch. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. we just all all of a sudden believed in ourselves. Um we we all of a sudden we reignited what we had last season yeah, going yeah. forward. Um and catalyst I, I, for them. Yeah, and I yeah. think that culminated in the Arsenal display, you know, where they were just running through them at, at will. And, you know, when, when Liverpool are in that, that mode, you know, you watch, even this Liverpool team, you know, they can go against teams who, who get everyone behind the ball and Liverpool can have too many passes, too many touches. The plays, the, the build-up plays slow and, and they find it very hard to break teams down. But when they get into this zone where they, they play one-touch football and, you know, the well, it used to be the Fab Fab four now the Fab three, yeah. you know when they when they start popping it off each other, um, and they play they play quick interchange pass and you know that the breath taking, yeah. and and they will they have to score goals because they make that many chances, um, and so I, I I just hope that they don't revert back to that when teams inevitably will put a lot of men behind the ball when they play yeah. Liverpool because they'll be scared. Yeah, yeah. Terry, I mean, what have you seen the main difference? Stability, if you like, you know, consistency. Um, 
Still got the flair and the goals in the team, but but really don't look like conceding many chances. And if you're not conceding many chances, you won't concede many goals. So it's like, um, and then you, it builds confidence. And as you say, that that turning point with that goal against Everton. Um, you think that, it, was the, that was the yeah massive, you know. And I think there are moments in your in your season. Pure fluke, obviously. So funny, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah but you know th- these things happen, and and since then, you know, um, sure, John, when the, the odd time he he uh, had a drought in his career when he didn't score and one went off his shin, it would start to run off again. So much John yeah. Coleman as the striker. Yes, yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> that. Be, you have you, you just have bizarre moments in that can turn a season, you know, and um, you know I, I remember us last year, you know, we, we couldn't buy it when we'd gone five games without winning. We'd lost five games on the spin actually. And we went to Grimsby and on, on, over the Christmas period, 28th of December, I think it was. And we'd, we'd been looking awful. We, yeah. we dropped a 10th in the league. And we managed to, to scramble a penalty yeah. with about 20 minutes to go. It was, it was very harsh, actually. I think Sean McConnell went on a bit too cheap. And we, we converted the pen and we went on to win the game 3-0. And I mean, I look back and you're thinking, what's changed? Well, nothing changed really, but possibly a, a little bit of luck going yeah, in your yeah, favour yeah. and then a little bit of belief and all of a sudden confidence ebbs and flows and you know when once you get into that zone I, I, I've been we were playing Charlton on Saturday and I was, I've been watching their last couple of games and I what watched been spying on? well they were allowed to you know <laughs> because it's all in the, uh, in the open domain so yeah. we, you can watch the the, the, the previous performances so on a platform what, what, what you watch does the Football League send you the Football League have a platform where you can watch the games but everyone has White Scouts and then Stat yeah. Scouts so you can so you haven't been hiding in the bush no you don't have to do that camp. you don't have to do that now <laughs> you don't have to be unethical um, so you know I've been watching them and I, I, I watched them play Sunderland and Sunderland scored a good goal after about 10 minutes and we're very very comfortable against them in, in the first half and Started the second half really bright on the front foot, really looking like it's only going to be one winner. Obviously, I knew the results anyway. But and then um, Charlton scored a, an absolute fluke. The, the, the forward went down the right wing, crossed it to nobody in particular, and the lad put it in his own net. And it was like they got a shot of everyone had walked down and had a shot of adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. They just raised the game. They looked yeah. breathtaking for half an hour. And you're thinking, where's that yeah. come from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's psychology of football. Yeah. Terry, is there any? Any incidents like, you know, the Origi for, for Blackpool? Has any been a catalyst for like... Well, I hope yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully that, that is I mean, winning winning there because we've, you know, we've had a sticky patch ourselves and um, hopefully that starts us on another run. Um, but yeah, think things in football do change and I was at a game on Tuesday night. I went to watch uh, Stoke v... Shrews because we've got Shrewsby coming up. Spying again, were you? Spying, spying yeah, again. spying, but again, <laughs> official spying, you know, it's allowed. And um and Stoke absolutely battered Shrewsby. Yeah. And uh with football and ability and technique and, and went two up and uh should have went three up, should have went four up. But it's football and then, you know, Shrewsby scored a good goal and it was a hell of a goal. And uh, and then suddenly that shot of adrenaline we're on about they've got it and yeah, yeah. and they're on the front foot and now Stoker on the back foot for, so for all the possession and chances they created mm. it's 2-1 and then it's then there's a penalty so it's, it's now 2-2 yeah, yeah. and um, and Shrewsbury go on and win the game you know so I think it was 71 minutes they got the first one and, and in the space of 10 minutes they scored three mm. and it come from I've never seen nothing like it, yeah, it you yeah. know and you go wow but it's football and anything yeah. can happen and that's why yeah. I think we love the, the game so much yeah, I think okay. you've only got to look back to Istanbul for that you yeah. know Liverpool get Liverpool a three 0 down and within twelve minutes it's three yeah, three and it, yeah. it's just bizarre. Yeah, but the things like that, dream really, well, things like that happen in football. But honestly, the, the the psyche or the psychology of it and and how people's perception seems yeah. and perception of luck and yeah, things yeah. seem to bounce in your favour when you when you're on the front foot and when you when you're up for it and you, you get extra reserves of energy yeah. that you don't know where to come up from. So you know Liverpool were uh, close two thousand eight two thousand nine also two thousand eight. 13, 14, do you think the psychology of the team is more equipped today than in those in those periods? You know? um, well, there won't be many players who played in the 2014 one, will he? Henderson. Yeah, yeah, I think and he was probably the biggest miss when he, he got suspended, didn't he? he got, yeah, yeah. He's much maligned, Henderson, but yeah. you know, I think if he'd have stayed... Yeah, know, at that time, stayed, he was in his pomp, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, and, and Liverpool were in the pomp and, you know, if you look at the Chelsea game again, 
a draw would have sufficed Liverpool. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not losing a three goal lead at Palace if the if the the title's at stake. Yeah. The title had gone by then. But you know, I think of Brendan Rodgers at his time again. He, 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 you know, when they were time wasting after fifteen minutes, he just joined them and said, "Okay, yeah. we'll take a nil now." No, no, did Liverpool and. and you, know, you could have choked off a difficult game and then you, you're going down to the last couple. Do you look at this scene though and think mentally um, the more equipped? I mean, I'm not going to ask you if you think... You no, I, I think they are more equipped because I think defensively the karma yeah. and that air of panic just... It, it's not evidence at the moment. I don't think it will be this season. And, you know, if they don't win the league, it'll be down to maybe a little bit of misfortune. It'll be down to an unbelievable run by Man City because don't forget, Man City have got to go... Absolutely unblemished now. If they're gonna, yeah. if they're gonna win the league, yeah, yeah, um, you know, so and they're fighting on four fronts, aren't they? you know, and, and that's not going to be easy itself. And you know, do people, you think, do you think when um, you know when we played Wolves in the cup, you know, we went out? I mean, mm. were you as a manager? What were you thinking? Klopp's engineered that. As a manager at the time, I, I drove three hours to watch Leicester under twenty threes versus Everton, <laughs> so I wasn't watching the game, and it was I'm getting the scores flashed through to me. Um, no, but, but so, I, I was disappointed that we lost that game simply yeah. with the fact that it was on the back of another defeat. Yeah, yeah. Our first domestic defeat of the season. So, well, I don't know, you can take the League Cup away from that. But on the back of that, I just thought it would have been nice just to answer that that defeat to City with a win. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, yeah. take it in. That's why I thought the Brighton game was so crucial mm. to get that win under our belt. You know, first win in 2019. We've got, like, quite a few injuries at the moment. And, like, you know, it's... Is it is it exposing the lack of real depth? I mean, real depth in the squad. I mean, I know Klein was he sent on loan, isn't he? But I mean, do you think that's a mistake on in hindsight? Well, you know, whether that's a mistake or not, I still think that there's time enough in the market to go in and be belt and braces, if so, so to speak. You know that. What does that mean? Well, that's a football expression. Over cover, you know, you know, cover all bases, and I certainly think it'd be no harm in signing. For for example, a Gary Cale, and you know someone who's who's ex- relatively experienced has been there, done it. Um, you get him on cheap money mm. or for cheap money, um, and you have you have to keep him for two years. You've got good cover for mm. for going on for next season. Well, I've heard Klopp talking about this at a press conference, and he was saying, "Well, you know, uh, Gomez is nearly back, Matip is back, Lovren's not far off. Why buy another defender when they might?" But but three points, every three points is vital. Um, and there's, there's going to be small margins in winning the league this season. You know, we were discussing it before about... 11 millimetres. <laughs> well, well, we were discussing before about, um, you know, it's, it's the third best start in, in 113 years, you were yeah, saying, wasn't it? And yeah. any other time you'd be double figures ahead yeah. with the start of Pulavad, and yet they're not. Yeah. Um, and that's how crucial one game is. And, and going with a makeshift defence in one game could cost you the title. Mm. So for the sake of having a bit more cover... Why not get it? Yeah, he's probably thinking that, you know, he's, Fabinho can play in the back. He used to be a right back, didn't he, Fabinho? I don't yeah. Know whether, you know, a Milner can play there. Maybe he's thinking, yeah. you know, I, I, as a manager, Terry, would you be thinking if you had the money, you know, you should be plugging those gaps? I think he obviously knows his squad, yeah. you know, and Milner can go in there, no problem. Done it before. Um but I'm with John a little bit that you you know if you can you would cover all bases and try and get someone that will help you short term and, and perhaps you know for another year after that as well mm. you know the, the thing is I, I don't know what the financial mm. state is and I don't know whether there is money available for players but yeah. you're never ever going to win any prizes for not spending money you don't get a prize at the end of the season or he, he spent the less uh, the least this season yeah. you know that's not it doesn't come into the equation so there's no there's no fiscal prize mm. so you know, if, if the money's there and, and the availability to bring in reinforcements, I think you'd have to bring it in. And, you know, we were speaking before, you know, if you had the opportunity to bring Coutinho back for the title push, would you take it? Yeah. I certainly would. You would, yeah. What about Teddy? Would you, Coutinho? I mean, I know he left under a bit of a cloud, didn't he? Struggling over there, but would you have him back? I would, yeah. You know, great talent money and... Um... And then if you do get the injuries, you know, he's he's another one who goes in and you play the mm-hmm. same way and um and making a scoring goal. Well, I think the uh you know, the, this chance of winning the title hasn't come around very often and it is a great chance. And uh, I think you, you have got, to write uh, a letter to the fans. <laughs> Possibly. Well, I, I think his performance <clears throat> just all towards the end wasn't that bad, you know. The, uh, yeah. uh, you know, I don't think he left anything 
on the pitch that he, you know, he'd regret. You know, obviously he's made it clear that he wants to go. But the reason, purely from my point of view, the reason I'd like to see him come back is that I think he just enhances Firmino. I think Firmino was a much better player when he plays with him. Mm. Yeah. That's my own own opinion. Yeah, I think you know. I think I think the fan base is pretty split over that. If you look at the forums, you look at the, you know listen to the phone-ins, The fan base is pretty split. But if you if you're thinking if he get Coutinho back and he guaranteed, to, you know people would take that, wouldn't they? He guaranteed, oh, to, you know oh. people would take that all day long, wouldn't he? Well, you know, creativity in midfield is. If you can point the finger at this little side, yeah. that's you know, once you care, he does give us that to a certain extent. Yeah. But it, if you if you did want to be critical and you did want to compare him to Man City, we haven't got anywhere near like the like the creativity, no. firepower that Man City have got mm. in midfield. You, you were saying about that uh, start, it was uh, it, only three top flight teams in the last hundred and thirty years have recorded a better points total after twenty one matches than Liverpool, and everyone would expect them to be. You know, double in double figures for points ahead. So Man City are relentless, aren't they? Yeah. So that's going to continue, isn't it? Well, they're a great team to watch, but you know, the, the thing that I, I favour Liverpool. Um, yeah, I know football's not played on paper, and the, the amount of upsets that you get in football, you're never ever surprised at any results. But if you take away that, the what you would you would think is the trappy games, I. Personally, the Liverpool's two tappy games on paper, no one play football yeah. on paper, is Manchester United away and, and ironically Everton away because yeah, yeah. it's going to be an absolutely unbelievable... Stop Liverpool at all costs. Well, you know, that, that will be their cup final. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it will be tantamount to their... It'll be their European cup that, Well, that'll be their biggest game of the season without a doubt, without a shred of a doubt. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's going to be a tif- difficult hurdle to overcome. Um, and... You know, Man City have still got to play some of the top teams. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, I was looking at the uh, I was looking at the fixtures, the next five fixtures, and in um, City play Arsenal at home and Chelsea at home. Mm. But they're both at home, they're both at the Etihad. Yeah. You know, so that's in the next. You know, third and fourth matches. You know, then they play Everton away. It's going to be a walkover. Isn't it? I know, they, know be, they beat Liverpool and they beat ten men against Wolves the other night, didn't they? But Mm. You know, is it, who did they lose at home to? They lose, lost at home 3 1 to Crystal Palace. Palace well, we're playing them on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, so you know, that's why, you know, I say before about the games being played on paper, there's no there's no actual mm. easy games. You're going to get shock games wherever you want, wherever you go. I mean, I was listening to Talk Sport this morning, and apparently Huddersfield are 25 to 1 to win a home game on Sunday against Man City, yeah. which is. Unprecedented in the, yeah. in the Premier League. Good job, you're not a betting man, John. We're not allowed to bet. <laughs> I know you're not. <laughs> but uh, Crystal Palace on Saturday, I mean, that's. I think they've beaten Liverpool uh, three out of the last four well, games. I, I, I was at the game. We, we, we beat them last season, but. I was at the game when Steven Gerrard's last game, and, yeah. you know, Balassi absolutely destroyed us. Yeah. He was playing in a sensible role, and, yeah. um, you know, there's no getting out of it. They're, they're good going forward, but. Roy the, Hudson, football genius. They're very brittle at the back. Yeah. And Roy you know, Hudson, you football can't get genius. <laughs> well, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no, he sets up a team, doesn't he? But you know, he's very experienced at what he does, and he <clears throat> saw that result against City coming, did he? You know, they were just, I mean, it's no, he didn't. Goal. It was just but you know, just I know he's maligned for his periods at Liverpool, but if you think about when he took over at Crystal Palace and they were absolutely doomed, weren't they? Yeah, you know, yeah. they, they couldn't. He couldn't score a goal. He couldn't get a point in it. And he, he's revived the fortune. So, you know, you've got to give him some credit. And yeah. obviously, the experience he's had, you know, he, he's managed plenty of teams and he can bring that wealth of experience and he can set up a team. Yeah. And, you know, he'd be going all out to, to beat Liverpool, you know. Terry, have you ever come across? No. Hodgson's tactics? No. No? Well, I've, I've watched him over the years and uh, he'll love to come back to Liverpool and get a win, won't he, of course. Um and they will have that belief because they've just beat Man City mm. and as as you said there they're going forward they're a handful um, but Liverpool will be expected to win you know they're at home and uh, they'll know they've, they'll, they'll know they're in a game because they know they've, they beat City a couple of weeks ago so um, all the games are tough aren't they and, and, and anything can happen and a player can get sent off or a Ronnie Ricochet or so you never know and that's that's I think why we all love the game so much because uh, in the end um, nobody knows what's going to happen on a Saturday 
Mm. I just hope they don't sense up, you know, at the closer they get to the finishing yeah. line. You know, you say about it, because I, I've come across Roy Hodgson, like, he play, we played Fulham when he was manager of Fulham, and he's the only manager he wouldn't get let the players get changed in our changing rooms. He didn't think they were up to scratch, so they got changed in a hotel up the road and a hotel up the and road, came yeah. up came yeah. up the bus. And oh, you didn't you get, didn't get changed. It wouldn't it wouldn't allow them to go in the changing rooms. He thought they were a health hazard. And <laughs> uh, um, my comments oh, is that because you got cold showers in there. No, no, they're not cold showers. They're, they're just not they're just not salubrious. <laughs> but my argument to that is they only had to come there once in their life. We have to come there every week yeah, or every yeah. day actually. So yeah, yeah. you know, I feel sorry, more sorry for our players than this. Yeah. Did you have a conversation with him about that? Yeah, we had a yeah, we had a tete to tete. Yeah. <laughs> did you, Did you confront him? No, no, we were all right afterwards. Yeah. yeah. What was the result? We lost three one, but we were doing really well till we got a man sent off by Stuart Atwell. That was a very very dubious decision after mm-hmm. half an hour, which more or less handed them the game on a yeah. plate. It was very close up to them. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. So obviously, you know, Palace, you know, it's a potential banana skin, isn't it? But we said that against Arsenal, didn't we? You know, and we just just destroyed Arsenal. We just took them. To the I think if they can if they can take the shackles off and they, they can play with the freedom that we know they're capable of, you can see this team beating anybody. Yeah. You know, when you could put Barcelona, Man City in front of them and in their pomp, and when Liverpool yeah. are in the pomp and they they have that that. that it's hard to describe, but when they, they play with no fear and with pace and energy, and and they can score goals from anywhere, yeah, can't they? Yeah, I mean Salah seems to be, you know, he seems to be back to his best, really, doesn't he? You know, he was terrorised in the Brighton defence, you know. That's well, that, he's obviously got the penalty. You know, that, that penalty it was like watching a, a, a cat play with a, a ball of wool, wasn't it? <laughs> you know, he he, 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 he lured him in about four times, <laughs> and, he, and he was he, he may as well just say now and said, "Listen, when are you going to bring me down? Come on, hurry up!" <laughs> and uh, you know, well, it was a penalty, wasn't yeah. it? You know, and he's got that ability, and when he's got that belief, and which I didn't think he had at the start of the season, and maybe that's a throwback to the to the European Cup final and the injury and the injury, yeah, but. And, you know, when he's come up and taken the pen and you don't believe he's going to miss. And, you know, the keeper's got to answer it, but he's hit it that hard, he's not saving it, is he? So, you know, when, you, when you're in that zone, and he got into that zone last season, unbelievable, you know, when, when we had the, the games against Man City and that, and he was going into games every week thinking he's going to score, and he's getting back to that now. Yeah, and when yeah. he's in that zone, yeah. you know, he's he's difficult to stop. It was interesting against Brighton when, uh, after you know, nothing much happened in the first half, but in the second half, Liverpool went, you know, winning really went on the offensive but Salah was picking the ball up nearly on the halfway line like Messi used to do mm. and like dribbling through it was just unbelievable to watch you know we we just opened them up a few times we could have easily won 2 or 3 nil there you know but yeah. do, do you think obviously that's the way Klopp will be thinking about things different tactics for different teams you know well, you don't have to look at, at what teams bring to the party now a Crystal Palace a team who's, who's capable of getting everyone behind the ball Possibly not. No, the only results they get is when they they fly with their with their attacking threats with yeah. Sahar and and the like. Um, so I, I don't see Crystal Palace as being able to park the bus. I don't think they're good enough to park the bus defensively. Yeah. So when the games are open, you generally fancy Liverpool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think um, Mane scored more Premier League goals against Crystal Palace than any other side. Uh, six goals he scored against Palace. So you, anyone, yeah. anyone who does bet out there, that might be a good uh, first goal, might not First goal, Mane. You know, I mean, Mane. You know, he, he's one of those players. He's unpredictable, isn't he? I don't think when when he's got the ball, you don't really know what he's going to do. do well, you? I hadn't seen a lot of him till he, since before he came to Liverpool, and I saw him. I think it was his debut actually against Arsenal, away. And he, he absolutely blew my mind. He was he had pace, energy, could go with both feet, scored yeah. some unbelievable he goals. goals he, yeah. Two unbelievable goals. And I thought, who's this fella? Yeah. And he's enthralled me ever since. And you know, I have this debate with other people um, in football. I think he's quicker than Salah. And I, yeah. I still have this argument all the while. I think he is quicker than Salah. Have you got any statistical evidence? No, no. But I, <laughs> I back him in a race every yeah. time. Um, yeah. And. Um, He's just got this this dynamic that he he's got physical strength as well yeah, to yeah. and with the pace aligns and when he gets in full flow he's a duty to watch. Terry, you're you know um, 
you're playing against Liverpool, hypothetically, how would you stop Manny? I mean, how would you think about stopping someone like Manny as as a manager? Difficult, you know. If it was if it was our team, it'd certainly be difficult. Um, I think we played um, Liverpool a few years ago in the FA Cup when we were at Blackburn. You know, and, and you were an assistant manager Black at Blackburn, yeah. yeah. And uh, we we went to Anfield and got a nil nil, yeah. And um, and that was you know Liverpool were a top top team then, and uh, <clears throat> and playing that box if you like um, in midfield with the three at the back and the wing backs flying. So we we dropped off into our own half and and made it difficult for them. Yeah. And um, you know it was hard for players to get behind us because we were probably on the edge of our box mm. and um, we played ever so well and, and got a nil-nil and, and had a chance at the death off a corner and, um, and Baptiste header and then went back to Ewood and uh, again really close game um, and just lost by the by the one goal yeah. I think so, Gestead gave them a bit the centre half a real hard time um, with his aerial prowess and um, he didn't want to be playing against Gestead every week and he didn't in the in the Premier League, but you know, Championship team, and Gestead was a handful, and and everybody raised the game as you'd have to if you're going to get a result at Anfield. Um, so the, that that was it. You you don't want uh, Mane uh, with space behind to run in, yeah. because you know he's going to hurt you, isn't he? And and Salah's going to hurt you, and Firmino are going to hurt you. So is it is for an opposition manager playing Liverpool? You look at that front three. Is it like we we just need a bit of luck? You can't really stop them. We just need a bit yeah, of Yeah, uh, it's just going back to the, you know, the not the debate, but the, you know, the wishful thinking of bringing Coutinho back. Just the fact that when teams drop deep, his ability to shoot from 25 yards. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched them for a season and a half. I've never seen anyone off as many shots in a Liverpool team. He used to shoot from everywhere. And, yeah. yeah. I don't mind that, you know what I mean? And a lot of them went on target, a lot of them went in the stands and all that. But, you know, he just had that, that ability to just turn a game with it. You know, 25 yards. And if we're lacking anything in midfield, I don't think we've got 25 yard goals in us at the moment. Maybe Shakiri. Possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, with a slight deflection. Certainly not a real if Coutinho, you know. Yeah. You, you know that if Coutinho's playing against the team who dropped EP, he's having six shots in the game, mm. without a doubt. And, you know, there's a good chance that one of them is going to have a chance of going in the net. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in terms of uh, Palace on, on Saturday, you don't think they're going to put every man behind the ball? They're going to waste I, time, aren't they? I think they will. They'll I think, I think they'll try to spoil the game, but I don't think they're capable of parking the bus. I honestly no, don't. No. I think their best their best form of defence is attack, and they yeah, are yeah. opponents. Yeah. yeah, when they get it right. Yeah. So you think we might even see a save of Allison at Anfield? You know, or no, an attempted save, or no, you know, you know, will they get past Van? D- I mean, Van Dyke is just, you know, he's just people have run out of. Superlatives form, haven't you? Know, yeah, I, because I, I, we were saying before, when we, yeah, he's probably the greatest defender I've ever seen. You know, well, when, when we when know. I seen Tadori try to run him, and I've I've seen Tadori first hand when he played for Middlesbrough, and he's played against us a couple of times, and you know we we had a lad who could do um, hundred meters in about ten point six seconds, and and he ran him like he wasn't there, and I'm thinking he tried to run Van Dijk and he, he swatted him off like a fly. Yeah. Now he went with him for the first five yards and yeah. then just put his arm across it and it was game over. And yeah. that that was a wow moment where you go, Oof, this is the quickest player in the in the Premiership and he's, he's doing that to him. That's one of the big fears I've got. You've got to keep Van Dyke fit. Exactly. Keep Allison and Van Dyke fit and we've got a great chance. But um, in terms of Van Dyke, have you, I honestly, I mean, people say, oh, what about Alan? He's won nothing, yeah. What about Alan Hansen? But, but for me, Van Dyke is the complete player. I've never mm. seen anything like it. He's got the ingredients, hasn't he? You know, he's a Rolls Royce. Yeah. You know, he's got the size, he's got the presence, he's got the pace, he's got the ability. Yeah. Uh, he's got the calmness, and he's, he's got the, the confidence, the calmness, yeah, yeah. and uh, he's got the respect of all the other players. And that moment we're on about there when when he opened up, it was a wow moment because then he's, he's just showed you how, how quick he really is as well to to add to everything else. Mm. And uh, and you have to keep your best players fit. You know, any team, you know, we've, we've, we've suffered ourselves from injuries to our better players and we haven't been able to cope with it. Yeah. Um, so the goalkeeper, Van Dijk, you know, in that front three, you need to keep them fit or you Robertson, need to... Robertson well, as well, he's course. vital. <laughs> if you listen to the press though, you, you know, you go on about your best players, if you listen to the press, um, Tottenham may as well throw their hands in or Ali Kane's yeah. injuries, you know, they're, <laughs> they're absolutely doom and gloom, aren't they? You know, yeah, they, yeah. they think he's such a talisman. But if you go back to Van Dijk, he's a captain in waiting for me. 
Yeah. And, you know, we're old enough to see all the great captains of Liverpool. We all knew they were going to be captain before they were captain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, without yeah. a doubt. You didn't mark them as captain. You didn't mark Graham Soonish. You didn't mark Phil Thompson. You didn't mark Emlyn Hughes. Mm. Tommy Smith. You could name them. You know, you knew they were going to be captain but before he's the they captain were. captain on the field. He is. And he, and he is captain and waiting, isn't he? You know. Yeah. I think everyone knows that. But a, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people, discussions on forums and pubs or whatever saying, well, you know, should give them the armband now. But as managers, that would be the wrong. Do you think that would be the wrong well, thing to do? Uh, t- uh, People, people who are captain material become captain whether they've got an armband on or not. Yeah, yeah. You know, and well, that's the argument, and, isn't it? And they, they run the show. He's the leader on the pitch, isn't he? I mean, we used to have a lad played for us, and you know, he played with Terry uh, at Blackburn, a lad called Dean Winard, smashing lad. But he was so intense with football, and, and he was he was, was a good leader, wasn't he? But you couldn't have made him captain because he'd have a meltdown if he lost a toss. He couldn't take disappointment. <laughs> and so sometimes you'd have to say, well, just get on with it, but don't be the captain. Yeah. You know, act like a captain, but don't be the captain. Don't have that responsibility on your shoulders. And yeah. some people handle that better. Mm. Mm. Do you think, um, looking at Henderson, when people uh, saw the Man City uh, midfield, and there was a lot of like groans, really, because it was a midfield which didn't think had any creativity. You know the midfield. I, I just think the disappointment there was because of how well we'd done against Arsenal. Yeah. That that same team didn't didn't line up against Man City. I think yeah. that was the then that was probably the the, you think the issue. He's much maligned Henderson as, as managers. I mean, can you see what he brings to the team? I mean, you know, he, he rarely loses the ball, but people he, say he's obviously he's always square or back. You know, I mean, he's obviously not the same player than what he was when he got got the injury. You know that that has set him back a bit. I I still think. The turning point of Liverpool season when they should have won the league, you know, yeah. um, three or four years ago, yeah. was when he got suspended. Yeah, yeah. Because not having him for the for the, the last couple of games, I certainly thought he was in such a rich vein of form, yeah. playing behind the the potent threat we had with yeah. you know Sterling, Sturridge, and Suarez. So he gave us the energy, and you know he he was very very good, and he scored. Scored some great goals that season as well, you know, and 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 did re- chipped in really so well. In the second what do you think when sense? people, you know, because they're, they're very vocal. I think when you when you watch the game and you know Henderson, a lot of well, people you, got a, a down on Henderson. Terry, what do you think? Do you think it's out of order? I don't think he gets the credit for the you know for some of the stuff he does. You know, um, probably he rarely loses the ball, does he? But he rarely splits the defense, does he? Yeah, yeah, but I think that's you know that he's got those lads in front of him. If you like the match winners in front of him, so uh, you get unsung heroes in football, don't you? Uh, that go unnoticed. I think he's one of those types. A Ronnie Whelan, almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, I'm not saying he's as good as but Ronnie Whelan. You, you, <laughs> well, that's arguable. You know, I mean, you'll have you'll have watched football pool all your life. Yeah, and you know. It's historic that there's always been a whipping boy, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just don't think we're as bad as the Evertonians because when they turn their acid on their own team, I, I, you never really feel, in all my time of going to watch Liverpool, you know, 50 odd years, 40 odd years, I don't think I've ever seen them turn on the team. The you know, they, team. yeah, they'll pick on they'll pick on players, they'll pick on speeches, individual players. And well, like but that. they will pick on individual. And there's always been a whipping boy. You know, Jimmy yeah. Case was a whipping boy for the period. Sammy Lee was a whipping boy yeah, for the yeah, period. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Phil Neal had a, had a spell oh, of being yeah. a, a terrible whipping yeah. boy, and you know, great service to the club. And they just they were certainly unfashionable players. And ironically, Phil Neal did a, a U-turn when he started calling him Zico and he became the most fashionable player. <laughs> fashionably unfashionable. Um, but there's always been that. There's always been players that that didn't quite float everyone's boat. But the credit to the Liverpool fans, and I think that's what makes them so unique, is that they never, ever turn on the team as a whole. Oh. Um, and I think... There's not many other teams around. You know, I laugh about Evertonians, but, you know, a lot of teams will turn on their own if they're not doing well. Apart from when I think we drew at home in 2008 and we went top of the league with the draw, but we got booed off the pitch. Well, well it was it was muted booze, but people were thinking, that's the type of game. I don't know if it was against Fulham or West Ham, I can't yeah. remember, but uh, we went top of the league and it was a Benitez team and it was like, that's the team, the game, and he rested mm. Alonso, I think. Yeah. I don't even remember that, but you know. Have, I, you, I have, you, ever, have you ever booed at a football match? I've never booed. I, I, I don't understand, I, I don't understand I mean, booing. I know, I know. I know people like to do it, but when you look around for the <laughs> booze, you can never see. 
I don't think it takes many people to get a, a to get a boo going. Yeah, yeah I think you know. <laughs> um, where in three oh six, where we go, you know, if there was ever any boos like that, you know, you'd look around, you'd never see anyone booing. Mm-hmm. It's just you know. Teddy, what's it like getting booed as a manager? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Um, we have small crowds at our place, and uh, in some. Oh, of the- I didn't want to mention that because there is a boycott of <clears throat> the home games at Blackpool, isn't there? You know, but they play in Atkinson in a few weeks, and people are turning up to that, aren't they? John's just said, yeah, mm-hmm. we, we're taking a, a massive following to to Aki, uh, which is good because we we don't have a big following. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be more at Aki than we get normally at home. Yeah. So um, is that because people don't want to give money to the club? There's a not not a penny more campaign there yeah. that, that that won't give any money to Blackpool and won't come to the home games, and we'll only go to the away games um, to pay the away team, you know. Right, okay. So, so um, tickets off Atkinson, basically. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Correct. So there should be some uh, benefits. Us, I yeah. mean, it's a difficult one, really, because you know, you know, Terry's in the firing line, and it's self harm, whatever way you dress it up. By by, de- by, the fans, by depriving your football club of money, it's self-harm. Now, you can say, well, we have to make a stand somewhere. Um, it disappoints me that, that fans are prepared to, to harm their own club, which, well, which, the only, which deep down the they love. It can affect the uh, which, ownership, isn't it, really? Well, it. Uh, I know what you're saying, but it's not having an effect. You know, this has been going on for, for a couple of years now. and Four yeah. years. It's, Four not, years it's, yeah. it's not having the desired effect. And... You know, there's enough people who are, who are obsessed with Blackpool to really get behind that club and make it the club that it yeah. should be. So, what you are know? your home gates then, Terry? I think it depends what the away following brings. Yeah. So, I think Sunderland brought eight thousand. Eight thousand. Yeah, just over eight thousand, which was you know. To say at the season, it was great. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and we we probably had two and a half, a bit more. Yeah. And uh, so that was some atmosphere, and then Arsenal coming. Um, brought five, yeah, and we had probably three, right. Um, and it, and it was good to see, uh, you know, Bloomfield with some spectators in because yeah. you, know, you know, not so long ago, you're in the Premier League and you games were getting more 18, 20,000. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you, you, what you've got to realize, and this is really hamstring and Terry, is that his budget is directly correlated to the people who come through the gate, yeah. So the person who suffers most is Terry, yeah. Whether you like it or not, it's not the chairman. It's definitely Terry who suffers yeah. the most because he has to try and get a team together and compete mm-hmm. against the likes of Sunderland yeah, yeah, who yeah. get yeah. 30,000 through the gate. Now, obviously, they won't get 30,000, but they, you know, a normal gate, if this if this cloud wasn't around, yeah. Blackpool, Blackpool would be getting well into the 10, 12, 15,000. And then he could then gear his budget towards having a massive assault on winning and getting themselves into the yeah. championship. Yeah. No, they're doing terrifically well as it is. But, but, you, but, 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 but you're being... Eighth, eighth, ninth. 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 But yeah. you're being hampered by... No, through no fault of his own. You know, yeah. he's, he's the one who suffers. Mm. Can you see any way out of it? Like, is any... Not really. You know, Liverpool yeah. went through a similar thing with Hicks and Jeanette, <clears> didn't they? Mm. You know, when, like, uh, a lot of people were involved in street demonstrations. But we could never organise a boycott because it was a supply and demand, basically. Because yeah. people think, if we don't turn up, other people will. Oh. You know, the tourist fans will, so it's it's a pointless thing, you know, but you, can you see... We anything? can't affect it, you see. So um, we're used to it. It's been going on four years. Yeah. And, um, you know, often the away following is bigger uh, than the home following. And uh, and as I said, we make it into a positive, if you like. And, it, you know, the stadium, unless we're playing Sunderland... Um, is a quarter full, yeah. you know. So it's an empty shell often, and um, as I say, we use it to our advantage. That we know, we know before we go out what to expect, yeah. and we, we we almost drum up our own atmosphere. So a, and we and we can't affect it. We it's can't affect. Split the fan base, same as Hicks and Gillette split the fan base at Anfield. Because you know, if you look back at that period, and it's you know it's only it's only ten you know less than ten years ago really. It's ten years. Isn't it? It's split. It's split families. It's yeah. split friends. You know, it's yeah, yeah. Um, it's a big deal. And <clears throat> before the Arsenal game, you know, the, the protest was um, protest was uh, were out in the numbers. 
Uh, one of the coaches coming in. Well, one of them was on the bus. Yeah, on top yeah, of the bus. Yeah, one of the lads, me, my kid, was on their bus. Um, yeah. So the, the passionate, the, the supporters that aren't coming are very passionate about, you know, in their belief. Um, and then we have the ones that come, yeah. you know, and, and get behind us. And so we can't affect it. So yeah. we just get on with it. If, if you think about it, like the first time there was a, a mass meeting for Liverpool fans was exactly 10 years ago, 2009, in the Sandham Pope, and that's when the Spurs of Shankly started. But, you know, we couldn't affect the boycott as such, but we had demonstrations. But at the very height of the demonstrations, there was only probably 10% of Liverpool fans on board. We only ever had 5,000 on the streets, really. But now you cannot find anyone who didn't protest against Hicks and Gillette because, because it's happened and it's in history mm. and no one could have envisaged what's happening now, 10 years on. No one could have envisaged uh, FSG running the club and Klopp, you know, it's... Yeah, so, you know... It's, it's a difficult thing because I think, you know, you're saying, oh, the protests are hurting. That's what we were getting at the time. Oh, the protests are going to hurt the club and all that, but... As far as we were concerned, it was our club. But, yeah, but we were the heart and soul of it. Yeah, there was so no. We wanted to express uh, discussion can, the way Hickson. But you can do that, but without hampering the club, which didn't happen at Liverpool. You know, there was no boycott. There was no effect on the on the on the financial well, aspect. Well, yeah. <laughs> but you know, if, if you if you think about it logically now, the way football's gone. There's a direct, I know Leicester booked the trends, but there's a direct correlation between how much money you spend in the Premiership and where you finish. Yeah. So the table very rarely lies, you know, the, the, the top four generally are the top four who spend. Yeah. Um, and Liverpool won't be the biggest spender, so if they win the league, this, that'll be a feather in the cap oh, alone, yeah. you know, to win it without being the biggest spenders, without spending as much on a wage bill as Manchester United and Manchester City. So if, if they can finish above that, I think that will be an achievement in its own right. As an aside from, you know, yeah. the craving to win the Premier League. It'd be a massive achievement. And I think, you know, obviously, what is it, 16 games left, 17 games? You know, you know every one. Liverpool mm. got to go out and try and win every yeah. one of them. You, you, you get the feeling like you're sitting in jail and you're crossing the days off, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. To the release of, <laughs> you know. and You said earlier on the season uh, in a podcast that it would come down to Liverpool City, the Etihad. Yeah. Um, now City beat us, and I think you know. I think everyone agree. Maybe people say City edged it that night, but Liverpool were unlucky. With I didn't think they edged it. I, I, I thought, I, I thought a draw the, was, I thought a draw was, a, was a, a fair result. And I, do you I think, think it will. You know, do you think that's what? Decide <coughs> well, pe- people got carried away with the, the City game because they got carried away with Man City, and they thought they already played a totally different style of football. City have never been out possessed at, at the Etihad under 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 their pep. So Liverpool out possessed them for one. As a, as regards to clear cut chances, there was probably three either side, and they took two of theirs, and we, you know, we squandered ours. Yeah. Um, but you know, when I said that, I thought it might come down to that because I thought Liverpool had a realistic chance, and I think the evidence of the game that plans out at Anfield, where both teams were petrified of each other, yeah. one because Liverpool knew they were better than what they were in previous years, mm-hmm. and City also knew that Liverpool were better. Yeah. These had the you know, they'd had the backside slapped a couple of times by Liverpool last season in the Champions League and in the league game. So I think they were wary of Liverpool. Not in my wildest dreams that I think we'd be going into that game against Man City seven points clear. Yeah. And I think having that buffer meant as long as we didn't get mullered like we did the year before when, you know, I think the sending off had a big part in that. I think we've come out of that and I think we're sticking our chest out and saying, well, go on, that's yeah. your best shot. You've had your good, good punch in you. It hasn't even made us flinch. Do you think, Terry, the fact that City are fighting on four fronts, aren't they? Yeah, I do. I do. Is that going to affect things? I do. And, you know, going out in the FA Cup, you know, in the end might not be a bad thing if we win the league. Mm. So, uh, you know, these cup competitions and they'll want to do well in all of them. So I think that can be a positive for Liverpool. So fingers crossed. We're not making any predictions because we don't want to jinx it. Well, but, you know, uh, it's interesting what you said down. though there do, do you not think that you'd say going out to the uh, the Champions League for a for a because uh, oh. I think people of our generation you know we, we've seen the European Cups we've been there we've done that we, we haven't seen the Premier League I, I need Champions I, League 
Oh, the league. It's got to be the league for the uh, uh, fans. You know, it, you could never have believed that we'd go this long without winning the title. that hashtag anyone put Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a lot of people you know, who subscribe to that theory. You know, and everyone's saying they conspired and... Yeah, but yeah, I never thought I'd go this long without seeing Liverpool win that title. No. And and you know if it, if it goes on, I'll be dead before he win it. And I, yeah. I don't want that to happen. This this is the best chance we've ever had. And you know, hopefully. But you say that, but you know, three or four years ago, they actually went to one to seven yeah, in the bookies' odds to win it. Mentality in, the, in that period, you know, we were like having to win, playing catch three or four yeah. goals, weren't we, to yeah. win a game? Whereas we've just proven a bright. We can go get a penalty and win the game. That's like the the Liverpool mentality of all. Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, you, know, you go in front and it's there's only one outcome. Yeah, all right. Hope you've been uh, enjoyed listening to Ali Rouge. Thank you to um, John Coleman, Atkinson Stanley manager, and Teddy McPhillips, the Blackpool manager. And good luck and in in the future, lads. And Thank you. Good luck in the FA Cup in the fourth round. Yeah, fourth round against Derby. According to all the pundits, going in the bushes against them, well, spying on them. According to all the pundits, we, we haven't got to turn up because Derby have already won. All right, so. and you're going to hopefully upset. Yeah, the um, apple cart. And it's um, it's Lampard, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. Do you think he get changed at Atkinson? Well, he might book the turn from Fulham, <laughs> but um, you Has know, he got more than a ten pound haircut. You reckon? Well, he, that means he's capable of heading <laughs> the ball. Um, I I just think that you know. Plenty of teams have underestimated coming to Accrington and, and the, the, the enormity of the task. Yeah. So hopefully they will. Yeah. And Terry, you've got who on Saturday? Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury at home on Saturday. Yeah. And you're ninth in the league and that's, you know, for, for the actual budget you've got and the budget Accrington got. Well, you know, it's incredible what you're doing, but um, as Liverpool fans, you know, we're all rooting for, you know, Klopp and keep it going. Yeah. And let's hope, uh, you know, at the end of the season, we're going to be proud of the lads. Uh, anything else to say? Win the championship in May. There's a song in there somewhere. There might be a song in there, Teddy. No, it, it's a great opportunity, and yeah. you know, we hope we all hope to take it. And uh, you know, they, they've been brilliant to watch, haven't yeah. they? You know, going oh, forward and, and and have improved. If uh, Robertson, Van Dyke, <laughs> and Alison keep fit, I think we've got a great chance. Yeah. Uh, for all our listeners all around the world. Uh, hope you've enjoyed this episode, this insight from two very experienced managers into um, what's it like behind the <laughs> uh, behind the touchline managing the team. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks very much. Uh, enjoy sending your comments to Facebook and Twitter and and the Blood Red podcast. Uh, over and out. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.